This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Welcome to Mind Love, Episode 40. Today's episode is all about connecting to your sexual essence. I actually really honor that abusive relationship because the universe was just trying to say, hey, girl, you're on your old programming, you're on your mom's programming, and these are gifts. When I felt this pure love and when I was able to receive it and when I knew that I deserved it because whatever happened to me didn't happen to my soul and that's where this pure love is coming in. And for the first time in my life, I was able to experience pure, healthy love. Turn up your frequency with Mind Love. Bite-sized brain hacks for seekers, dreamers, and doers. It's time to give your mind a little love with your host, Melissa Monti. First off, Mind Love is now a Castbox original. Castbox is the fastest-growing, highest-rated podcast app on both iOS and Android, where you can get all of your favorite podcasts. It has a super clean layout and you can create playlists and download episodes to play offline. It's my personal favorite and where I listen to all of my podcasts. Don't worry, you can still listen to Mind Love wherever you get your podcasts, but I hope you'll give CastBox a try. Second, don't forget to subscribe on whatever podcast platform you're listening on and leave a review if you can. Reviews really help to entice more amazing guests. Plus, it helps me grow the show, which ultimately helps me give more value to you guys. I've been reading a lot about connecting to our authentic selves. And as a woman, that's been drawing me toward the history of women and connecting to my feminine essence. One really amazing book that I've recommended before, but I want all women to read, including men who love women, is a book called Pussy, A Reclamation by an author named Mama Gina. The biggest value that I got from this particular book is learning the true history of women. It's easy to believe that right now we're starting from the ground up, slowly claiming more and more power with voting rights, equal pay, and all that. But the truth is, women have had power before. There were times in ancient history and in ancient cultures that women were revered. Grandmothers in Native American cultures were considered the head of the family. There's even stories in women's history where women would flash their vaginas to stop war. Women were powerful. Their intuition and connection with life and nature was respected. We're the only ones that can actually bring forth life from our bodies. But at some point, that became a threat. As political structures were formed, religious structures, this unknown, mysterious power that women had started being seen as something that couldn't quite be controlled. So who wins with that? Those with physical power. The man. Then throughout the years, women were indoctrinated into the patriarchy. Parts of women's history have actually been left out of history books and even rewritten, which is why history is his story. Women that had this powerful, deep connection to the spiritual realm were called witches and burned at the stake. Our rights were taken away. We couldn't vote on those that did come into power that made more laws for us to follow. Suddenly, the feminine energy, the feminine essence was considered weak. And this isn't just an episode for women. 
men have feminine energy as well. We both have both masculine and feminine energy. And it's really important that we balance this out in order to live a healthy life. What's really been interesting to me in my research is how our sexual energy flows and helps us create the life that we desire. It helps us live with purpose and passion. It's where a lot of our power comes from. I've been seeing more and more about connecting to this turn on state to manifest. It's like this peak vibration that we can reach. Mama Gina says that when a woman is turned on, she's tuned in. So today we're going to be talking about reconnecting to this feminine essence. For the men out there, the process is the same to connect with your essence, whether it's the masculine side or rebalancing part of your feminine. If you find yourself with too much anger, aggression, you're always in your right brain and you don't feel as much, you don't feel that connection with your intuition, that's an imbalance of the feminine. Unfortunately, because of the way our history has played out, most people in power have too much masculine. It's why when women go to get a job, we have to step into our masculine. We've got to be the man in order to move up. We're taught to hide some of our female characteristics. We're taught to not feel too much. We're taught to just be logical. That's the masculine side. And when we do this, we're missing out on this huge part of our power, our intuition, our feeling, that which leads us, that which connects us to the spiritual realm. Our guest today is Lani Nalu. She grew up in poverty, thinking that life was extremely tough, but she always had this energy about her. And even as a young kid, she dreamed of helping thousands of people through love. I think this is pretty cool because my visions as a child were of being a baby animal trainer. Nothing quite as profound. But experiencing that kind of early life crisis that we all have of what are we going to do with our lives, Lani moved to Bali to find herself. I heard from a spiritual teacher that when you tell the universe you're ready and willing, you're choosing the fast track of healing wounds that may have existed for generations. And so life will probably hit you pretty hard. That was true for Lonnie. She told the universe she was ready. She took the first step and moved. And suddenly past patterns started hitting her left and right. It eventually led her to a dangerous, physically abusive relationship and her own personal rock bottom. But instead of running from it, she faced each challenge head on, ready and willing to take a positive step forward. And now she helps other women do the same thing. Connect to that essence, that soul fire. So today, three key things you will learn are why a balance of masculine and feminine energy is critical to success in life and in business, how to release what's holding you back and connect to your own personal power through thought, and a powerful way to start each morning that connects you to your essence of pure love. Before we get started, I want to tell you about the best way to stay in your highest frequency between episodes. Thousands of listeners are loving my daily morning mind love emails. They're short daily reminders of your own beauty, magic, and power so you can start each day with your best mindset. Just go to mindlove.com and sign up right there on the homepage. Plus, you'll get some amazing free gifts when you do. First, you'll get a really cool free booklet of powerless based on proven methods from the most successful people in the world to automate your highest decisions. Plus, you'll get a free guided affirmation meditation. It's set with a binaural frequency known as the miracle tone, which is known to make you a magnet for love, health, and abundance. Then it's layered with affirmations to perfectly tune your frequency for transformation. 
Just go to mindlove.com to sign up. Or if you're out and about, just text the word morning to 33777. That's morning to 33777. And now let's welcome Lonnie Nalu to the show. Thank you so much. I am so, so excited to be here. And you look so beautiful for the people that can't see you. <laughs> well, thank you so much. To start out, tell me about the beginning of your spiritual journey and how it led you halfway across the globe. Today, right now, I am actually in Bali, Indonesia, and I made the big move in 2012. And the quick version of why I wanted to move to Bali was I was searching for more in the form of less. So I grew up in Orange County. I had a clothing business, opened that when I was 26 with a partner. I always knew that there was more for me. I was like, this can't be it. I can't just be meant to live in this rat race, like struggling with my weight going from one crappy relationship to the next and not dealing with things really, not really getting the help I needed. I suppressed for a very long time. I've actually only just opened up about this publicly that I was sexually abused as a child. So I had all this Orange County surface area bubble stuff going on. Like it looks good on the outside and I have this boutique and I have this nice car and, but just actually really dying inside being able to pump it up for other people. I can help you out. Like you're dying. Here's my energy. Here's my energy. But where was the connection for me? I didn't have one. So I actually come from a very codependent family. My parents have been always in codependent relationships. My grandparents have learned really unhealthy, toxic patterns a long time ago. I'm the oldest of five. So I was always like a party chick. I'd be up on the bar dancing in the splits, no problem, but like go to the bank by myself, full anxiety, mustache, sweat, freaking out. And people would be like, what do you mean you're nervous? You're the what first? You're crazy. You're the party animal. You're the center of attention. And it's like, well, yeah, I can do that for a show. So moving to Bali was the scariest thing that ever came up in my life ever. And I was also in a relationship at the time. And normally codependent Lonnie would never leave anything, not a bad relationship, especially just because the fear of alone is like death itself. So I thought, let's face this fear of death because there was just this greater voice guiding me to Bali, telling me I needed to be there. When I just trusted a little bit, I was right about to give up. And then I'd say, okay, trust a little bit. And I didn't know this was the process I was going through. I couldn't have told you it was intuition or my higher self guiding me, but that's what it was. And every time I trust something, some like beautiful little miracle would come in and get me one step closer. So I sold everything, bought a one-way ticket, showed up to Bali, had a little rough start, motorbike accident, you know, same thing, got hard, was running out of money, was ready to come back and then thought, nah trust a little bit. And then again, another miracle came in. So my really, really deep spiritual journey started when I got to Bali, I'd say, and I believe it. you don't need to move to Bali to find your answers. That's not what I'm saying. Answers can be found right then and there. But for me, this was my path and my truth. And I listened to it and it was the scariest thing I'd ever done. So I've been on six years of this incredible journey, not no bumps, right? So I had never heard of codependency until I dated an alcoholic gambler. So I'm going to fill the listeners in on what codependence is. Codependent relationships are when one person feels extreme amounts of dependence on a loved one. And it doesn't have to be a romantic relationship either. But with codependence, you might even feel responsible for what the other person does or even how they feel. Back in the day, and by back in the day, I mean like earlier in this decade... It was most often referring to family members of somebody with addiction. 
You know how you hear that alcoholism and drug addiction are family diseases? Well, that's because everybody around that person has to compensate for that one person's erratic and sometimes even scary behavior to the point that it can become a real disorder. And then beyond that, there's even dependent personality disorder, which is when you're not just dependent on a specific person, but people in general. Like you can't be alone. You can't go places by yourself. I definitely had varying degrees of this in my 20s. I was numbing all of the time. If I felt any sort of FOMO or wasn't invited somewhere or had to be alone for the night and I didn't have something to numb myself out, I was a wreck. What would you say were the biggest bumps and hardships you faced and how did you handle them? I still hadn't been able to get to the root of my problem, which is again, what I've been able to see through my healing, because I always know that if I can heal through this crazy thing, then I can help somebody else heal. So what had happened was I was getting help for these immediate things. Why am I immediately not seeing money come into my business? Why am I immediately having anxiety? Why am I still hating my body and punishing myself? And I was stuck in this present moment, like why circumstances? So, because we manifest everything, right? Mostly it's subconsciously manifested the worst experience of my life, which was a very abusive marriage. So it was just a reflection of all of my pain inside. You know, the easy thing would be to blame him and say, you ruined my life, you stole my money, you physically abused me. But I could see clearly today that it was my manifestation of all of my pain and what I thought that I deserved. So breaking through from that and using that experience that somebody else or what I wanted to do is feel very sorry for myself and be broken. And I did. I went to a really dark place and I was like, I don't know how to deal with this. This hurts so bad. I didn't even want to be here. And again, having a little bit of trust, having a miracle come in, having the truth guide me. And today I use that as a form of my strength. It's one of my superpowers. It's how I inspire other women to break through. Actually, it's not somebody who's weak and a loser and embarrassing that is in an abusive marriage. It's actually a freaking super Amazon Wonder Woman that is brave enough to get out. So that's how I look at my life now. And that's actually how I live it. I love the way you reframed that because I think it's really hard to understand the mind fuck of an unhealthy relationship if you haven't been in one, especially one that's really bad. Thankfully, I have not been in a relationship where I've been physically dominated, so I can't even start to say that I understand what that's like. But part of my story was being with somebody who had all sorts of addictions, was cheating on me, and was involved in a ton of illegal activity. And ultimately, he not only got me in a lot of trouble, but my self-worth was destroyed. I had no idea who I was. I felt broken. And people always said, well, why didn't you just leave? And I can't even begin to explain that state of mind that I was in or the amount of dependence I felt on this person. And it really took building myself up enough to see that there was a way out. So for you, you've gone to Bali at this point. You think you're starting this new amazing life and you're finally going to make some changes and then you land in an abusive relationship. So all the things that you had been suppressing and you were trying to get away from popped back up. How did you start to determine what the root cause of these things were? I initially thought that my root was being sexually abused, but when I finally would get the courage to tell, I I could just feel that they were like horrified looking at me like I'm broken, but 
not a judgment way because I mean, they just loved me and didn't want me to feel pain, but I get that again, more shame, more shame, more shame. I'm broken and broken. So I, I actually went into a meditation and I get it because I've been there for years where you do the meditations and you try and watch your breath and it's like a cloud. And then you think you're blah, 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 but that's not what I'm talking about for meditation. Here's the truth. We are all one. There's an energy so much bigger than us. You're in your human meditation, if that's it, like my toenail, polish color, the bills. That's not a oneness. That's not a greater place where we're connected to our source. In my meditations, I'm able to instantly go directly into the oneness. So it's the cosmos, the universe. I am a child of the universe. And in that state, I asked when was the first time, because this abuse wasn't only with men, it was with friends, with businesses. I would punish myself, you know, through my body and eating. But why was there so many events coming with the same abusive, I deserve to be abused feeling? So I asked when was the first time in my meditation and I use this intuition and I get that it sounds, oh, you can't remember when you were in the womb or you can't remember when you were newborn. Yes, I can because I am one and I am the cosmos. So I went into my deep meditation really in this daughter of the universe space. And I asked when was the first time. And that's when my pattern started. It wasn't when I was five, when I was sexually abused. It was before that an incident with my mother and feeling guilty, feeling that I don't deserve to be here. Like I felt like I hurt her. So yeah, it was this deep oneness, this space of pure connection. And this is where truth always is for everything. The first time I ever experienced that oneness was through plant medicine. Right when it really hit, I felt this wholeness or warmth, like an all-encompassing love. But the really mind-blowing part was feeling like I could access this knowing. And I use that particular word because it's how it's described in some of my favorite Paul Selig books, who, by the way, was just on episode 38, and it's one of my favorites. So tune into that. But I think of the knowing like accessing universal consciousness. So I would think of something that I wanted to heal or wanted to see from a different perspective. I remember thinking, okay, bring in my eating disorder or my rape or my relationship with this person that I want to mend. And suddenly I would just know. It wasn't like a conversation was happening. It was just I knew all angles from the highest perspective. It felt like a healing, I guess. And it felt like this was just available to anyone, like anyone could tap into this. And when it was over, I remembered everything and it stuck with me. And ever since, my meditations have been totally different, whereas they used to be sometimes kind of miserable, just trying to stop the cycle of thoughts or getting frustrated if I couldn't or or just getting bored. But after plant medicine... It was my time to go back to that place. It felt like I could access it again on a slightly different level, like accessing this other realm of stillness and love and like you said, truth. Yes, we've changed the word meditation to life because that's what it is. It's our connection and it's everything. And I wasn't healed by somebody telling me what was wrong with me or what I needed to do. And I just love this idea of truth, because I used to be this perfectionist. And I was like, but if I make the wrong decision, and I'm going to do this wrong, and then everyone and it would hold me back from even taking one step, because I would do this thing, like talk myself out of it. And I just didn't want to be wrong. That was one of my stories from yeah, in the womb, 
you're not good enough. Nothing you do is good enough. So I really held myself back. And my level was perfection, which is impossible. So I was always unhappy and I always missed the mark in my own life. I always had this anxiety that you're not enough. And that's not what it's about. Meditation is life. This is true. Like you just said, going to another realm, I literally say, I feel the cosmos in my vagina. And it's not on the outside, right? And I'm like, oh, I don't know how to explain it until I guide you through a meditation. And then literally wobbles come in. It's the universe flowing through the nervous system and it's this warmth, goosebumps. It's pure love. It's a state of pure love. And who teaches us how to do this? This is what I try and get at. They're like, I do meditation. I'm like, that's not a meditation. You're sitting there with anxiety for an hour and you feel worse after. Do you feel the pure love of the universe flowing through your veins? Because this is your truth. And there's always the answer there. And you know, yeah, when you eat, what to eat, when to sleep. There's no confusion in that state of oneness. So I told you about the first time I experienced that oneness, which was through plant medicine. First, I want to clarify that you totally don't need plant medicine to get to that place. Some Buddhist monks spend their entire lives getting there through really long meditations, sometimes meditation that lasts for days. Eckhart Tolle had a personal crisis where he nearly killed himself and woke up with this new level of oneness. In episode 21, Dina Proctor actually taught us her specific method of meditation that unlocked it for her. For me, though, I feel like my mind can be so powerful and so logical that it was really helpful for me to have a tool to speed up that process, to show me it was possible. When did your meditations start to change from that cycle of thoughts or a miserable moment of silence to really accessing that deeper level? I'd say when I started living my truth, because I had so much guilt about being a yoga teacher and being a spiritual person on Instagram and then having the secret of being in an abusive marriage. So I would try and drop in, but I just felt that nothing was working. I was just hitting this rut and hitting this rut. And I get these incredible moments where I have these breakthroughs in one moment and everything changes. And that was the moment when I actually wanted to die and I wanted to give up. And I had this going in my head and I hadn't slept. And for me, not sleeping is the the basis of my major anxiety. I'm an eight hours a night kind of a girl, go to bed just after the sun goes down and wake up with the sun. And in that moment, I had a breakthrough and I saw the truth. And the truth wasn't that I was broken. I'm not a loser. I'm not a failure. I'm not a horrible person or a bad spiritual teacher. I was human and I was living out these old rooted programs that I adopted from my parents, that they adopted from their parents. So we're running on these prehistoric programs from the Great Depression and when they didn't know if their babies would live and they didn't know if they could eat. I realized, oh my gosh, in that moment, it was like, I'm running on this old program of fear and that's not mine. And in that moment, I said, literally, I'm having this conversation with myself at 3.30 in the morning in my room. I'm like, I am a badass. I am going to help women that felt like me. And it's like, no, one second ago, dude, I wanted to die. And then now I'm in this empowered place, speaking my truth, going, I just did this in one second. I'm connected back to my will to live. I connected back to my strength. And that is when I was really in my oneness. Before that, I had been separated. There was a gap. I was in this fear and I was living my life. And then once that gap was closed, there's not a fear, though. I don't have to be afraid. There's, it's just truth. 
Walk me through when you finally got the courage to leave your abusive marriage. What did that feel like? And what type of strength did you need to access in order to do that? And then where did you go from there? Well, that was a few times coming because I actually had the intention to leave the first time it was very physically abusive and I got outside help, but I was in another country. I was in Australia. So I didn't have any family, friends. I didn't have a car. I wasn't working. I didn't have a work visa. And I did get support from his family and it was scary. They picked me up, hid me, you know, I was hiding from him and then we got me out. But here's the thing. I got back home and in my immediate family, they're in severe abusive marriages. So I get back to home to Orange County and then I'm surrounded by all these women in abusive marriages and I go right back into my old programming and I just adapted to my environment and lost my strength and I couldn't get a job. But of course I was living from fear. I had this gap and in my head, I thought if I get a job, I'm staying here, I'm not going back. And I went back and then I had a year of horrible misery, screaming, yelling chaos. So I started connecting back to my body because in my abusive marriage, it was this guilt for being sexy. I was always called a whore, which is an old program pattern again. It's like, no wonder I ended up in that. There's no coincidences. Everything he said has been said to me a million times before. So my disconnection to my sexual energy, it was like petrified stone down there. Like I was like, I don't want to be too sexy. He's going to call me a whore. He's going to accuse me of cheating. He's going through my phone. I don't even want to deal with it. I literally subconsciously shut off completely from any sexual connection. I didn't believe I deserved pleasure. And again, it's not physical sex, if that makes sense, but that's just a beautiful plus side that comes from it. But it's an internal connection to my feminine. So I actually started connecting back. And I did that through writing. And I started really feeling again, realizing, wow, I have petrified my connection to my sexual energy, my beautiful feminine, my source. So connecting back kind of secretly, you know, not vocalizing to him, I would shut it off when we were around because I didn't want to get in trouble. And then when he was at work, I would connect back through writing and movement. And that started leading into, okay, this really isn't right. Like this can't be right. This can't be the way that you're meant to live. I can get visions back to when I was under five of me helping huge amounts of people through love. And I just saw myself, you're probably going to die here. How can you stay? I was choking on my words that I was teaching too. Like I teach self love and truth. And then I just be choking on them going, I'm not living that. So I opened up to trust a miracle came in and I actually had to lie to leave. I had to tell him that I needed to go back to Indonesia for visa papers, which was probably true. It was, I did try and get them in Australia, but I didn't have an intention of coming back. I mean, in my head, I was like, he gets one last chance. I'm going to leave for two months. If he changes, I'll come back. But I mean, we all know how that story goes. So we're all here just trying to live our best lives, right? And while you're here listening to a podcast, you might feel like you're on the right track, but then you visit family or you have a work deadline or something unexpected comes up and you're all stressed out and it feels like all the work is out the window. 
That's why it's so important to consciously curate what you can control, like who you surround yourself with, what you watch, what you listen to. So I'm going to add another podcast to your toolbox, The Dr. John Deloney Show. He has a PhD in counseling and has been sitting with hurting people for 20 years. He shares practical advice for everything from how to connect with people, how to face depression, overcome anxiety, and learn just what it means to be well. But what's really cool about his show is you can even leave a voicemail or send an email and he'll address your topic or question about mental or emotional help on the show. So no matter what you're going through, the Dr. John Deloney show is here for you. Listen to the Dr. John Deloney show wherever you get your podcasts or follow the link on the website. I'm constantly sharing with my clients to stop searching in life and instead start aligning. It's true with purpose, with relationships, with higher versions of yourself, and it's also true for hiring. The best way to search is actually just to match with Indeed. Indeed is your one-stop hiring platform with millions of job seekers visiting every month, and their powerful matching engine helps you find quality candidates fast. Plus, Indeed lets you schedule interviews, screen applicants, and message candidates all in one place. But Indeed isn't just about speed. They also deliver quality. According to a recent Indeed survey, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. I love Indeed because it makes hiring so much easier. I'm all about alignment in all areas of my life, and that includes people I hire to work in my business. So I need a hiring partner that makes it simple to find candidates with the right skills. And that's Indeed. And what's really cool is Indeed's matching engine gets smarter the more you use it, learning from your preferences and over 140 million qualifications. Plus, I love that I can do all my hiring in one place. It's just one less thing to keep track of between all of the other things. So join over 3.5 million businesses worldwide who rely on Indeed to find great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash mindlove. Just go to Indeed.com slash mindlove right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash mindlove. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. I really need to get something off my chest. Being a mom of a three-year-old boy is really freaking hard, and sometimes it has me questioning my sanity. But then he'll grab my face and call me his sweet little mama. Yes, that's a real thing he says, (laughs) and it will all melt away until I break his banana. I thought I was done with emotionally abusive relationships, but nope. We all carry around stressors, big and small, and when we keep them all bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. For me, just talking things through is hugely helpful, but it's so hard finding friends and family that are unbiased or non-judgmental. And therapy isn't just about dealing with major trauma, you know? It's about learning healthy coping mechanisms, setting boundaries, becoming the best version of yourself. And BetterHelp makes it super convenient, too. Everything's done online so you can fit therapy sessions around your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash MindLove today and get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash MindLove. Well, I commend you for doing that for yourself to develop that strength because it's so hard to choose something good for ourselves when we're in our lowest points. So sometimes the first step isn't just to leave, even though that might seem like the obvious one, or we don't have enough self-worth to make that decision for ourselves because we're so taken over by it. 
it's hard for people that aren't in it, especially people that care about us to understand that. And I do get where they're coming from. They're like, why don't you just leave? I don't know. Why didn't I stop throwing up my food for a decade? Well, because I couldn't. For me, I just kept reading and reading and then working on the parts of myself that I had more control over. And then eventually I had enough strength to look at that one thing. But in the midst of it, that one thing was in control. An intuitive once told me that that's what a demon really is. It's this negative spiral that you create and then you give it enough energy that it takes on a life of its own outside of your control. Bulimia definitely felt like my demon. Totally. You said that you connected back to yourself through writing and movement. What were the things that you'd write that helped you the most? That's a really good question. I started giving myself the freedom to write how I felt because that was one of the things that I felt really suppressed. I felt like I was always wrong because when somebody's constantly telling you, and I have no judgment with love and respect, I actually really honor that abusive relationship. And it's actually a gift to me because the universe was just trying to say, Hey girl, you're on your old programming. You're on your mom's programming. And these are gifts. I'm not separate from him. He is not separate from me. We actually have the same pains and we attracted because of we're mirrors. So with love and respect, I have no anger or judgment toward anything that's happened to me in my past. However, when we're in this situation, like you said, with these demons, right, we're running on these subconscious old programs, we're gone. It's like the movies when you see people's eyes go black and they're under a trance. That's what happens. That's why you can't stop eating your food. That's why I couldn't get out of an abusive marriage that I was physically, spiritually, and emotionally abused because I was in my subconscious old program that's prehistoric from a long time ago. But I, I was put down for being me and for feeling. So when I got to go right, I could write anything. I could write, I effing hate him. I could write anything that I wanted without being yelled at or told I was wrong or being called a whore. Those are, again, being called a whore is one really old program that's run in my family for a very long time that came up over and over and over. And I broke it when I left that marriage. But I had the freedom to write what was in my soul. And now I know that that's the oneness because it's just truth. It's not about right or wrong, right? Because your truth is different than my truth. I am evolving so fast through this connection to my oneness and cosmos in my business with myself and my own strength and my own courage that my truth this morning with you, I will have shifted by tomorrow because the more love comes in and the more I trust. So it's not about being wrong, but it was the space that I had that was safe to let whatever needed to flow through me in that moment, because I believe we do the best in the moment, no matter if we're severely unconscious or severely conscious, we're doing the best that we can in that moment. So in my moment, my best was a bit low vibrating. You know, I hate him. I want to get out of here. He's killing me, but I actually could say it. And when I would read it back, it would touch my soul. And I'd say, this is my truth. I'm dying. I feel like he's killing me. You know, it was almost like someone else had written it and been like, how does that feel? And then you read it and you're like, oh, okay, that's true. That's my truth right now. That reminds me of one of my favorite sayings. You can't read the label from inside the bottle. The moment you write it down and put it on paper, suddenly it's outside of yourself and you can see it outside of that filter that you slowly develop over time. 
It's really just psychological distance. You know how it's easier to see someone else's problems before you can see your own, even if you're dealing with the exact same problem? Well, it's also easier to see the solutions. I realized that in my early 20s after a friend committed suicide. It was the very first person I ever lost, and it totally crushed me. It was seriously a roller coaster of emotions, which I later understood as the stages of grief, denial, anger, bargaining, depression, acceptance. The worst one, though, was guilt. This person had actually said multiple times that he was going to kill himself, and no one believed him. To be fair, he would do it in these situations where, for example, his girlfriend broke up with him, and he would threaten her with suicide. To the point that people were like, what is wrong with you? Why are you doing this to another person? And then he actually did it. Those feelings of guilt lasted me a really long time. I usually was the person that could pick up on things that other people couldn't. I was smarter than that. How could I have missed that? Years went by and I still thought about that all the time. And what the other people that were even closer to him must have been going through if I was feeling this way. But then one day it hit me that whenever I helped anybody else through something, it always helped me back. And it started with a couple minor things. I think it was a breakup first that I was having a really difficult time with. And then I helped a friend through hers and suddenly I felt okay. So I decided to volunteer at the Suicide and Crisis Counseling Center in my early 20s. I was the girl who answered the phone when somebody called the suicide hotline. It sounds kind of morbid, but it was so helpful. The training that you go through makes you realize all of these things that you never would have thought about somebody going through a crisis. It gave me a totally new understanding of what this person went through, gave me a totally new understanding of how to deal with it if somebody I love is going through that. And now whenever I'm going through something difficult, I try to help somebody else through it and it usually helps me back. And you know, now that I think about it, that might be partly what this podcast is about. Every single episode, I feel like I grow more as a person. I feel like I get something new out of it. So I do think there's more than one way to step outside of yourself and see your own issues from a new perspective. I feel like that's along the same lines of how you felt with your coaching when you were hearing these truths that you weren't living. Totally. Yeah. I was like, okay, somebody's saying something and that's not me, but I had no spiritual connection to it because I actually needed to get out some anger and get out some darkness and say, it's okay for you to leave because you are afraid you're going to die. It was like, I gave myself that permission. When we come back, we'll learn why it's so important to have a balance of masculine and feminine energy and the magic that happens when you do. I'm curious about the masculine and feminine energy. I know that we all have both regardless of our gender, but what happens when it becomes imbalanced and why is it important for it to stay in balance? So we have this masculine and feminine energy and we're going in both all the times, especially for entrepreneurs, entrepreneur women. We really go into our masculine because we have to get stuff done. We have programs, all the strategies and all the logical stuff timetables, editing, all in that side of the brain. That's our masculine energy. So I'm so drawn to entrepreneurs because 
the crazy thing is for years I dressed so sexy. I danced salsa. I wore flowers in my hair, makeup, all these things that we would surface level connect to being feminine, but yet I was completely separated. So I can now actually see it quite easy when I get into the dynamic of a relationship and actually just this happened just this weekend. We went to hang up with a group of friends and there was this couple and I was like, wow, their energy is so imbalanced. And it's not about, again, being wrong or right, but she's completely in her masculine and he is completely in his feminine. And by the end of the night, they'd gotten in a fight. She was crying. He was miserable. Like, it just irked this toxic energy out. And man, we really do forget that we're connected. When we're in an abusive relationship, we're literally hurting everyone and everything around us. So it's not that one is better. I think society has told us masculine energy is better because feminine energy is weak. And I actually did a live on Instagram the other day and, and this person was writing all these wild things and he said, oh, feminine energy is gay. And I said, oh, thank you. That's actually a great point because can you imagine how afraid women are to go into their feminine energy because we're looked at as being weak, less than? Of course. Like, yeah, thank you for just proving my point about what society has to say about feminine energy. And we have this fear. One of my biggest fears, and I find this with a lot of entrepreneur women who are really in the masculine energy, is we think that being vulnerable is disgusting. And that comes from when we're younger, having to really protect ourselves from something super traumatic that went on and think making a subconscious decision on our old programming, I'm never going to get hurt like that again. So let me just put on this huge armor. And unfortunately, that blocks all the good too. Subconscious programming is such a bitch when you think about it. <laughs> it seeps out in all of these different ways. For me, I know that I'm in my true self when I am just open-minded. I'm open-minded to the point that I can hold two totally contradictory things with the same value. But my higher self knows that multiple realities can exist at the same time. So when I feel judgment, that's when I know that it's some sort of subconscious programming that is hitting me directly. For example, when I was really in the middle of my eating disorder, I was constantly looking at other people's weight because that's what I was so focused on with myself. Or before I found something I was really passionate about, I'd hear about somebody else's idea to live their dream and my first thought would be, well, that probably won't work. But it's only because those were my own limiting beliefs. So I realized that's my trigger. So now when I do feel judgment, I know that's my cue to grab a mirror, so to speak. Ask myself, why is that coming up for me? Because sometimes these subconscious patterns aren't that easy to identify. So find your triggers. First with the most obvious things and then see where else that's coming up. And that's a really easy way to start spotting some of these deeper, more hidden subconscious beliefs. You actually totally nailed it. What we want as these little kids to be supported and protected is for someone to say, here's the answer. Here's the magic pill. Here's what you need to do. Because the truth is it's uncomfortable. And like you said, you nailed it. You were like the negativity. That is not our truth when there is anxiety and when we are separated and when we're worrying and when we're freaking out and when we are angry or when we're judging, right? It's all the same thing. 
we're not in our truth. So I actually love how you do it and you turn it inward. And I have a similar kind of a thing when I get negative feelings and when I start separating myself from other people, I have this one mantra because that's our human nature. You're not alone, sister. We all judge. That's one of our craziest addictions as human beings. And my first mantra straight away is if it's a woman, I say, I send love to you and I send light to you, my sister. And if it's a man, I say, I send love to you and I send light to you, my brother, because that just snaps me back into reality. And I think, wow, how could I have had those, you know, crazy thoughts toward my brother, toward my sister, we're one. And that just brings me right back into reality and out of my ego and out of my head and back into the oneness. I want to ask you about when you started to make all these changes, you left your abusive marriage, you started to reconnect with your feminine essence, and then you started to manifest your current life. You literally live on a tropical island doing what you love with your soulmate. What was that process like? What changes did you need to make in order to allow that to come into your life? I believed And I love to remind people that the miracle has to happen within first. There has to be this total sense of trust. And it's crazy because from the outside, people are like, seriously, you're telling me that there's a gold mine in front and I don't see anything. Literally, you're in the desert. You're starving. You're thirsty. You don't have any clothes. You're broken. You're poor. And you're telling me right now in the desert, it's almost like I'm in a mirage and they can really see the truth. How can you be so positive? How can you be so sure that all of this love is coming in and I'm running in the desert toward this incredible gold mine and I can tell you that it's because I saw it already within. The first thing, you're absolutely right, I manifested my soulmate, Chris. It was literally like a month after I had this breakthrough. And every day I said, I am in a beautiful, loving relationship. and. I'd said that before, but here was the difference. I had this gap. I still had this fear coming up. Am I good enough for this beautiful, loving relationship? But I've never seen when my parents don't have, like I had all this extra noise and these doubts going on. So once I made that shift, I had no doubts. I can tell you that it was just this greater power giving me this source. It was the more that I believe, the stronger that my sense of, I know this is my truth happened. So I had an energy because, you know, there's a different energy from single girls to girls that are in relationships. You would have thought, oh, she's in a relationship. You would have felt my energy and thought, oh, wow, she's in a beautiful relationship. And you also know humans want what they can't have. So because I had this energy that I wasn't in a beautiful relationship, I was so attractive to all men because now they want a woman who's already in a relationship. I mean, I was getting hit on all the time, 25 year olds on 37. I was just like, this is insane. I knew that I had done an energy shift. I knew that I was manifesting. I already saw it. I already felt it. I even, he's English and I had these visions and feelings of England. Like, I mean, I knew this all, there was no question. So when I met him, I was like, "Mm -hmm, that's right. I wasn't like, oh my God, I'm so lucky. I was like, yeah. I was expecting you. Nice to meet you. You said a big moment for you was when you just recently started sharing more of your story. How did opening up like that change you? And in hindsight, knowing everything you know now, the good and the bad, would you still encourage other people to open up about their stories also? A hundred percent, yes. Here's the thing. When we don't have to hide anything anymore, it means that it can't hurt us anymore. It's this freedom because 
I energetically had this secret and I was trying to allude to it and I was freaking out too. I cried before. I was like, I know it's time. I need to talk about this. I talked about the abusive marriage first and, you know, I was just afraid that people were going to judge me and what they were going to think of me. I was really afraid of that. I'd been getting heaps of messages that were like, what happened to Josh? And like people that didn't even know me on Instagram because I mean, I brought them into my world. I shared only the parts that I wanted to share in that relationship. So I opened myself up for those questions and then I'd get anxiety every time someone asked me and then I'd like either wouldn't answer or I'd like just lie and say, oh, you know, he's just living there and living here. And I felt like I was living this double life. And I thought, you know, people don't need to know it's my business. And why do they need to know they're just going to gossip about me? And then I transcended and my new truth was, there's a bigger picture. My purpose is to help. My purpose isn't to care about people like me, because that was, a, a, again, a really strong old pattern that I was running. Is, are people going to like me? Are they going to judge me? Am I going to lose followers of people on social media going to judge me? And then when I knew it was time to share that I'd been sexually abused, which that one was harder for me to share because of, again, that disconnect from my feminine. It was really hard. I was scared. I cried. But I knew it was right. And I trusted. And it was a 40-minute video that I opened up about and shared about. And I did. I inspired a lot of people. I got heaps of messages from people that said I've been holding this into from a guy. I got a message from a guy saying I was sexually abused when I was little. And it just I thought, this is my truth. I get it. To give a little heads up, though, that after we share truth, we have to totally open our energy field. That's how it happens. We get really vulnerable. We take all the masks off and you let everything show and you let it all hang out. And then as human nature, we get this feeling of we shut everything up again and we shut the energy field up and then we feel the shame. And then it's like, but, but I was too vulnerable, but I shouldn't have told everything. So it's this crazy pattern the first time you do it where it's this regret. And it's like, oh boy, I shouldn't have done that. And that passes after a little bit. And I do recommend having people around you that can support you and help you keep your energy field open and help just keep firing pure love and pure light because that's just this natural. I found that with everybody that does that natural pattern, they get that oh, horrible feeling after. And that's just because it's different. It's just because it's the first time we've taken all the masks off and spoken our truth. I think of it kind of like, peeling back a fingernail. It's the skin that's never been exposed before. So it's so extra sensitive, but eventually the skin calluses over and it doesn't hurt so bad. I guess in this case, you'd totally want that nail to grow back. So it may not be the best analogy. <laughs> <laughs> so working with entrepreneurs, have you noticed any common threads that they struggle with? The common theme, what I see in every entrepreneur, because I do work with women now in my one-to-one -one and coaching programs, is they all have a disconnection from their feminine. And because we are feminine, this is our source. I love to say it's totally spiritual, but it's actually so logical, it's crazy. We had this belief that happened in the womb or when we were just born. It created this negative story that we're not good enough. That's a really common one. And then the next step to that is a disconnection from our feminine. So either numbing, don't feel anything, or shame connected. And you look at people and you think, wow, they have this business, they have it together. And then we get in and we just get a little bit into the guts and into the soul and into the juice. And I find, again, exactly like me, there's a numbing to that area to the source, because this is our source. We are women. We are feminine. The source of our power is our feminine energy. 
and there's shame. And then, like I said, it's not about sex. When we get in there and do the meditations, it's not like you're stimulating the external part of your vagina, but we feel it on the inside. Like our feminine energy just sits right below the belly button, right down there. And they've never felt pure love. They're afraid to receive. And that directly comes out in the business. So it's all easy and on the surface to say, oh, I just don't have the right clients or just don't have the right strategies or make every other excuse in the book for the external. But the truth and the root of it is getting to that first pattern. And that is fear to receive because we feel shame or we've numbed because it was too painful. So I want to go through at least the first few steps of connecting back to this essence that we have to give our listeners some action items, which I love. You invited me to one of your workshops back in June, I believe. And the first thing we did was just dance, kind of get out of our comfort zones. And then when you were working with people one-on-one, you talked about people dropping their armor. You sort of jiggled them out of the tension in their shoulders. Why is dropping that armor the first step to reconnecting with ourselves? So the first thing is open up their energy field because if we're shut, which is exactly the same process that I explained after we get really vulnerable and take off the mask, there's no way to get in. There's no way for the truth to get in. And they're, again, blocking the connection to the feminine. So the very first thing I do is just have them open. And this is something that I come back to over and over again when we have the anxiety, when we're judging, it's because we've shut our energy field and we've disconnected from the oneness. Okay, that makes sense. Well, step two was to really feel into a moment that we were really proud of ourselves. This step was interesting because for some people it was really hard, but once people connected to it, you could really see their whole energy change. Why is this part of the process other than just making people feel good? I believe in connecting people to their power and to love first. Some other people might like to take people down to the darkness first, but I know that for me, I did years of therapy. And when I quit therapy, she was like, you need to like go back and like feel when you were sexually abused and like think about the person that did it. And I had like a crazy breakdown after. It was the first fight Chris and I ever got and I cried all day and was like, that didn't help me at all. I just completely went into darkness with no soft landing. And I feel awful. And that had been happening with other therapists a lot. And I just know that that didn't work for me. And I've seen that taking people into their power first and connecting them to what true love is, that's inspiring for them. That feels good because they already know what it feels like to be depressed, anxious, freaking out, no strength, crying all the time, shaking, can't control their emotions, sick, injured, broke. They already know what that feels like. So it works in an energy realm. So much of energy work is just intention and where we put our thoughts. It sounds so simple, but that's our access to this other realm. Our thoughts tune us into different frequencies, different realities even. We just need to focus our intention on that feel like we're really there despite the evidence from our current circumstances and slowly but surely our external world will change to reflect our internal thoughts thoughts become things so the third part of this trifecta is a meditation and you're giving to our listeners a free powerful sexual feminine meditation and guys chances are you're probably a little bit feminine imbalanced as well so feel free to get in on this 
You can download it completely for free at laninalu.com slash mindlove. And I've got it in the show notes at mindlove.com slash 040 for easy access. But Lonnie, I'm curious, why is it so important to connect to this feminine essence or sexual energy, especially for some of us who are really disconnected, who may have gone through some trauma? One beautiful part of it is I never had a healthy sex life. I always had either guilt after orgasms or I couldn't orgasm. I just didn't have it. And I read a million books and everyone's like, oh, you're screwed once you're sexually abused. It's so hard to have orgasms. And this happened in me. And for the first time in my life, when I felt this purity, this pure love, and when I was able to receive it and when I knew that I deserved it. And when I was like, my vagina is beautiful and perfect and magical because whatever happened to me didn't happen to my soul. And that's where this pure love is coming in. And for the first time in my life, I was able to experience pure, healthy love with my partner, with Chris. And a big part of it is, yeah, he's incredible. He's pure. He's got this love. But I thought, oh, my God, I've me, this person that's been sexually abused and broken. The worst thing that can ever happen to a kid happened to me. And now I know what it feels like to receive pure love and intimacy during sex and during meditation, you better believe I'm not stopping until I share this with as many women as I can. Because if you haven't been sexually abused, you have way less to go, sister. You're already ahead of the game. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) Yes. And I know we've covered a lot of stuff, but is there anything that we haven't yet covered that you'd like to leave listeners with? I will inspire an incredible morning routine and then that leads to the light. And I just want you to know that it gets stronger. Muscle, it's just like positivity. It's just like ab muscles. No confusion, literally it just gets stronger every day. So the first way that we really connect to ourself and our truth is no phone in the morning. How easy is that? I'd say no phone for the first hour of the morning It's just disconnecting us from our oneness. It just separates. It gets us in that crazy cortisol, like needing more attention and separation state and judgment. It's just a great tool for judgment. So no phone. I really encourage journaling. I love to just write what I'm grateful for. When we're in a state of gratitude, our energy field is so open That's why people always say like, oh, gratitude's the best way to turn everything around. When you're feeling anxious, when you're, well, here's the deeper meaning of it. We are energy and we have an energy field and our soul is bigger than our body. So when we are in this state of gratitude, if we're shut off and afraid and feeling sorry for ourselves and in victim mode and in judgment, your energy field opens. So that right there is truth. That right there is pure love. It might be, yeah, not as strong as the cosmos running through your vagina, but we all start somewhere, right? It's layers. So just writing down what we're grateful for opens up the energy field. I'm a huge believer that our body, I mean, look at our indigenous ancestors. Moving our body is an incredible way to connect to our true essence, whether you're a man, whether you're a woman, moving and because I love to dance so much and I always dance wherever I go people will be like oh my gosh they've never danced before I can't believe they're dancing with you so I get it I hear it all the time I'm not good at dancing I don't like dancing well when you're in your room when you have this saved bubble and blanket turning on your favorite tunes and I get into like tribal like energy and again we're looking to be grounded so 
when I used to dance, it was performance and everything I did was like perfectly choreographed. And when I'm dancing by myself, I am grounded. I'm connected. I mean, movements come out that are like, what is that? But no judgment. It just feels really good. So dance because it feels good. Sing. I also believe activating that throat chakra because so many of us hold in, like I was choking on my words when I was just separated from my truth or the other part of it, we feel powerless. So we don't believe that what we have to say is good enough. So just as simple as if you want to learn how to do the splits, how are you going to learn? Well, you just slowly get in a stretch and you stretch your hammy and every day it gets better. How do you want to learn how to speak your truth and be aligned to your power? You practice. And then I'd finish this incredible morning routine with sitting in stillness. I love to just recommend energy through the nervous system because our body, again, someone that's sitting all hunched over and chin down, that is a closed energy field. No miracles can ever happen in a closed energy field. So energy through the cosmos, breathing, and the first step, if meditation is not something that you've started with yet, is literally just connecting to your soul. And in a 360-degree circle, because our soul doesn't just come out from one part, all the way up and all the way down, opening up the energy field and just letting light in. And it's not about being wrong. It's not about being right. Just calling more light in more light in, more light in. I guarantee you practice that for a few days, life-changing. Well, thank you so much for everything that you've shared. For those that are interested in finding out more about you, where can they find you online? I am on Instagram at LaniNalu11. So that's L-A-N-I-N-A-L-U-11. That's Hawaiian for Heavenly Waves. My website, and actually they can connect, we made it a little special link, so it's laninalu.com forward slash mind love. I want to leave you with this. We live in a society of standards, standards of beauty, standards of success, of what's cool and what's not. It's all bullshit. We have these amazing bodies that we're meant to move, not move in a certain way, just move. We have voices that we're meant to speak, speak our truth, make sounds. Have you ever found a song that uses your full vocal range and it just feels so fulfilling? Imagine if you moved your body that same way. Try this for a day. Be silly. Laugh loud. Be uncool. If it's coming from a place of love, say whatever you want without caring what people are going to think or say back. With each guest on this show, I learn more and more how to be who I really am. And this shit works. The universe is pure magic. The more I live my truth and feel into who I am and what I believe and give value, the more this is proven to me and the universe gives back. This week alone has been crazy awesome. Mind Love was actually featured in Forbes unexpectedly. I had no idea that this was going to happen. And I found out from one of my idols. I even won a flight on a private jet in a raffle. When does that ever happen? A company called Surf Air came into my co-working space. I put in my business card and next thing I knew they were calling my name. It was weird because my family was going to Tahoe. I wasn't sure I was going to make it. And then I won this flight and Surf Air just happens to fly between LA and Truckee. Really, universe? Which, by the way, if you're an entrepreneur especially, or anyone who flies back and forth between Southern and Northern California, you've got to check out Surf Air. It was the coolest experience ever. I just drove right up to it, parked in the parking lot for free, got on a plane 10 minutes later, 
flew to Tahoe, got picked up from right where I landed. It was one of the coolest flight experiences of my life. Definitely the most convenient. It's not even super expensive. And no, they're not paying me to say this. This is not an ad. But I highly recommend it. I felt like a princess. Anyways, my whole point is I think the universe is rewarding me for living my authentic self, for putting out value, and for tuning into this frequency. So don't settle. You don't need to know how everything's going to lay out. You don't need to know how things are going to come to you. Just start living from that sense of self. Connect to it. Be that. And be an example for everybody around you. It's so, so, so worth it. For all the links mentioned in this episode, head to mindlove.com slash 040. Please leave a review on iTunes or Google Podcasts if you can, or a comment on CastBox. Bring your mind a little love today, and I'll see you next week. Thanks for tuning into your higher frequency with Mind Love. Head to mindlove.com for a free gift to keep your vibes up until next week.